0: welcome. You're listening to the Eurofolk Radio Network. You are listening to the Eurofolk Radio Network, and uh, welcome. This is the inaugural pilot show, I don't know what we call it, Eli, of uh, fake news now, because we've been... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes we had to do a show because we've been laughing so much over the last few weeks that if i didn't sort of find some arena in which to communicate all this stuff we didn't know quite where we would go but fake news now we're with you for the next two hours um uh certainly for this tuesday i don't know about next tuesday what would it be the last one of the year although hopefully we might be able to squeeze something in and then if we settle okay um we're hoping i'm hoping that this will be a regular gig as they say uh, for the early part of 2017, so it's great to have you here today, Eli. How's how's the weather in Chicago? How are things?
1: <laughs> really cold. <laughs> oh yeah, it's cold outside. Uh, the whole north uh, northeastern and Midwest is getting a a real dose of cold air. It's supposed to uh, get warmer the next couple of days, though. But uh, yeah, everything's pretty chilly around here right now. But uh, the, the news uh, and fake news coming out of the various news markets will uh, lighten our day (laughs) will warm things up as will rogers said i don't tell jokes i just report the news (laughs) and all he did was report the news and comment on it and made people laugh
0: well he had a way i was you know i've been aware of him for a long time and we were talking about him weren't we the other week and i did check him out and i'm you know, I was a bit sort of miffed to find out, not that I expected him to be alive, but he died quite young, didn't he, in the airplane accident and everything. I wasn't aware of that. I thought I'd always had this idea that he'd lived for a long time. And years ago, um, a good friend that I worked with gave me a book by Will Rogers, but it wasn't really a, a, a comedy book. It was a, all about his skills as a roper. You know, the, the roping <laughs> skills. That, and somebody <laughs> sent me a video. I caught a video of him. It's just incredible what he could do with a rope. I'm thinking... Like, <laughs> I can't do anything like that. So we've kind of gone off a tangent already.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he was good at roping politicians, too. Oh, he was. Yeah. He's basically exposing uh, political hypocrisy and news hypocrisy, too. You know, yeah. Uh, I don't believe anything I read in the newspapers. I think was one of his lines. You well, you know, so you're, giving I- an,
0: you're giving me an you give me an idea here. I mean, I, you know, obviously this is the first one, and we're we're putting this thing together at short notice. But but we needed to move, I think, and get on with it. But maybe we will make Will Rogers the totem for this show. I think maybe I can get a little icon, and we will have w- Will Rogers become sort of like the founding principal for this show because uh, I did catch some of his. Obviously, many of his of his stuff was recorded on LP or Old Album in the 1930s, and I think quite a few of those things have gone up on YouTube. I was listening to one the other day. He is extremely enchanting. He really is jolly, jolly mm-hmm. good. So I was taken with him. I thought he was absolutely fantastic, and I could see his appeal. Really tremendous, great guy. So uh, yeah, maybe Will Rogers is our patron for this show for fake news. Now uh, we could say it's in the same it's the same channel that he started and was cutting. It's um, so yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, right. In in his spirit, yeah, yeah. Just uh, to get a good laugh, just report the news, <laughs> right? The mainstream news. Yeah, uh, that's all you got to do. Yep. Yeah, it's so funny because those of us who are in the know, we know it's fake. And uh, there's rarely any worthwhile news coming from uh, the uh, Bolshevik Broadcasting Corporation, as I know you have uh, named it over in Britain. Oh, T.
0: Trump- yes, I do. <laughs> well, what am I supposed to call it? I mean, other people have got snappy names, but I think the Bolshevik right. Bro- Brainwashing Corporation's fine because that's really what well, they're up to all the time—a bit of a comedy uh, act, really.
1: Yeah, right. Communist News Network for CNN, right? So uh, we know yeah. what they're what they're about. Yep. We know what they're about, you know, and they're not going to fool us. That, that's the beauty of uh, what we're doing here. And uh, it's so obvious, Paul, that mainstream media is losing uh, listenership, viewership, readership by the yards. And there's not they're not going to get it back because they can't tell the truth. They have to purvey the mainstream lies of multiculturalism. And uh, uh, white people are always guilty, and can't be Muslims, can't be Jews, can't be any kind of minority. It's always white people that must be guilty. Therefore, they can't tell the truth because they're pushing multiculturalism. It's just that simple. Yeah,
0: I think they've they've kind of done us a favor by spinning up this word "fake news." I think it's a tremendous mistake <laughs> yes. by them. Yeah, I think they've lost control of it almost immediately, and uh, uh, they've done as a as I put cheekily you know turn up to this show and have a faking good time i'm afraid the double entendres here are considerable and i am going to wade into them from time to time and hopefully we'll not offend too many people but we have to have a little bit of fun here because we have to
1: offend everybody (laughs) that's that's neutral we've only been going
0: five minutes you're gonna have to give us an hour
1: (laughs) but yeah okay yes all right, uh, shall I read this big chill story? Because, you know, this is all about freedom of speech, and that's why Eurofolk Radio is on the air. It's all about freedom of speech.
0: Yeah, do read it. I mean, if uh, for listener's not familiar with it, we put up, um, uh, obviously we gather, don't we? We gather news from around the net, and, and whenever we've got time, we we throw it up on uh, this, uh There's a writer for the Occidental Observer called Francis Carr Begbie. I'm reasonably sure that Mr. Begby is a Brit, Uh, because nearly all of his articles on the Occidental Observer are about that. But, uh, yeah, this is the one about the big chill on free speech hits Britain, and I think it's tied up to some degree, is it not, Eli, with what's been going on in your neck of the woods with the new definition of anti-Semitism. Is that right?
1: Yes, yes. Okay, so, well, first of all, the whole idea that uh, the, the Jewish people are Semites or Shemites to begin with is fake. Okay, Uh so uh, people more and more people are becoming aware of that fakery, and uh, and all other Jewish fakery that springs from that you know lie. So that uh, anti in fact the word anti semitism wasn't even coined until the late eighteen hundreds sometime, and that was uh, as coined as a pejorative to uh, just like as the ADL uses its uh, wherewithal to smear anyone who would uh, suppress uh, or, or any, smear anyone who would tell the truth about Jewish criminality around the world. Uh, the, the ADL is an organization designed to suppress the truth about themselves. And uh, so really they're, they're, they're nothing about uh, defi- uh, anti-defamation of the Jews. They're really about defamation of the West, defamation of the West, or anyone who, who would criticize them at all. That's yeah. what the ADL was all about. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. All right, so here, the big chill on free speech hits Britain by Francis Carr Begby at the Occidental Observer. It is a fair bet that any media reform welcomed by Dr. Moshe Kantor, president of the European Jewish Congress, will be bad news for the defenders of free speech. So it is with his reaction to the British government's groundbreaking new definition of anti-Semitism. Cantor said, we welcome the UK's landmark decision to define anti-Semitism, particularly in the face of rising attacks against Jews. We must now look towards other European governments to follow the example set by the UK. And they, of course, uh, are trying to do the same thing in Belgium. I'm aware of a similar act, action in Belgium. And they just recently in America tried to pass a law banning, quote, uh, quote unquote, anti-Semitic speech on college campuses, which did pass in the Senate, but did not pass in the House. So they tabled the issue, and the Jews have probably continued to shoot for this. But it's very obviously uh, a total violation of the First Amendment. Didn't they run out of
0: time or something on that one? Is that what's happened? That's a a regular thing. They they ran out of time this session to get the bill passed, but it's not it's not disappeared, has it? It's going to come back, I think. It's going to linger a bit, and they're going to try and warm it up again, aren't
1: they? They will reintroduce it in 2017 when Congress reconvenes, okay? Right. So they've run out of time to get it passed in 2016. But now that we know about it, you know, here, here's the way they always work. The Zionists always work by uh, presenting something very quickly and urging people to pass it quickly before the public gets wind of it, (laughs) okay? Well, now it's too late. Now it's too late. We have wind of it, okay? So it's bad timing on their part, (laughs) really bad timing, okay? Mm -hmm. So he continues. Mr. Begbie continues. He is referring to the British government's decision to adopt a legally binding definition, whatever that means, which will be used by police forces, councils, universities, and public bodies. This ratchets the law sharply in the direction of making Jews a legally protected group and placing them beyond criticism. I would say that's exactly right. It would certainly sharply curtail academic and journalistic discussion of the Jewish group behavior. So isn't it the case, Paul, that uh, people already are being sentenced to jail for being, uh, how should, uh, should I say it, uh non-congenial toward jews in britain isn't that what's already happening
0: yeah it is yeah there's a chap called um i mean you know i think he's made a mistake here but i mean who am i to i'm not a judge not yet anyway and (laughs) uh so there's a chap called joshua bonehill Payne. i think that's his name and uh, i think some of his actions are a bit reckless and foolish frankly but um it's a bit like you know you don't run around agitating an enemy just because you think you can or or whatever. So from that point of view, I'd be critical. But from another point of view, the fact that you could just be locked up for upsetting or hurting the feelings of someone, irrespective of what their cultural or tribal background may be, is in complete you know, contrast to the basis of common law. I mean, as far as I was aware, uh, law's not about feelings, but now... It is, apparently. It's, uh, apparently, it's about feelings. And I think we're in a real mess with this. This is this cannot be law. This is something else that's been created. He's just been sent down for another two years for upsetting uh, the feelings of a Jewish Labour councillor, I think, or, or Jewish Labour MP, I, don't, I can't quite remember, called Luciana Berger. Uh, he did send things that you would imagine could be upsetting. Uh, and therefore, no doubt, maybe some kind of a warning is required for this. You know, I'm not I'm not proposing that people go out of their way to to be a pain in the backside to other people. And and to some degree, he did do that, you know, because he's going off point and making it emotive. However, the idea of being sent down for four years just for upsetting someone is completely disproportionate. When we have a situation in this country where we've got um, Muslim rapists in Rotherham who raped over 1,400 girls... Um, which the authorities didn't speak about for years. Obviously, frightened to death about being called a racist, which of course is terrifying. And um, you know, they get sent down for eight years. I'm, I'm, I, how does that work? Well, obviously, it doesn't work, does it?
1: You know, it's uh, <laughs> well, Jews can therefore call us racists with impunity, but yes. we cannot uh, assert that they're liars. Okay.
0: Well, or, or,
1: I, I, you're all right. I mean, where does it end, where
0: where would we end up as well if you actually follow this kind of scenario through logically? If we are to obey this, um, I mean, it's not yet a law as such. It says it's going to have the force of law or will be yeah. have legal force behind it. But these are just hedging words. They'll push and push and push. I think it's a massive mistake for everybody, including them. Uh, I really yes. think it's a huge, huge mistake um, because really the the logical conclusion to this that I, you know, I've spent a few days thinking about it and I recorded a show with um, with Andrew, Andrew Carrington Hitchcock over the weekend where we were discussing this as well. I think that's going to air at the beginning of next year so I'm quite looking forward to that. It was a good conversation and Andrew with his background as a policeman, uh, as people may know, he served in the force for two or three years. It was interesting to get his perspective on it and, and where the real force lies but if we look at this then realistically I can't even interact with jewish people can i (laughs) because because i may inadvertently upset them i i I just might i i what if i stand in a particular way that's redolent of a of an ss stormtrooper or something i mean you know you've upset you've hurt my feelings go okay you know i mean there's no end to it so i would say well if we're gonna (laughs) operate like this we're gonna have to totally separate you're gonna have to live in complete enclaves and we must have no Absolutely no connection whatsoever. Or, you
1: know, people... you're going to have to get rid of your Hitler mustache.
0: Drat. Damn, I've been building that for months. It is, you know. Now,
1: here's the situation. Uh, We have to refine or reword the old uh, maxim. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will cut me deeply. Yep. That's where we're at. Well, it is... It it's absurd. Freedom of speech hangs in the balance. Okay? But as you said, I agree that uh, if they push this, yeah. if Britain's Jews push this, they're going to invite a reaction. And, and, of course, here the the Jews themselves are reacting toward what's happening on the Internet, which is not very complimentary towards Jews. And I think the vast majority of the stuff on the Internet Netspeak, let's call it. <laughs> Netspeak yep. is, uh, is anti-Jewish because people are beginning to figure out what they've been up to. And because you know, we had the Anti-Defamation League here trying to suppress freedom of speech for decades, for the whole hundred years of its existence here in America. But the uh, fact that they control the vast majority of media and news outlets has prevented the general public from understanding what's going on there. And so the the Jews, in fact, they cite – I read many recent articles where even in Israel, they're complaining that the the rise of anti-Semitism is global, right, especially in Europe. Well, why? Why is that? Okay. So uh, we dare not talk about it, Paul. We dare not talk about it.
0: Well, we have to be careful. I mean, that was a concern of mine over the weekend when I spoke to you as well prior to today, you know, Uh, trying to find a way to articulate things. Without causing offense, you see, I'm not here to it's almost as if I believe that the seeds of their own problem and their own downfall lie in these actions, and I'm reasonably sure that is the case. It doesn't require us to almost oppose it. There's a this this not only goes for fake news now and and what the media have done by fake news, but this action alone, this this action as well. I may have said it to you the other day, and I've said it – I think I'm saying it all the time now, so I must sound like a broken record. But there is a quote from Napoleon where he says, never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. Well, these are just – these are colossal mistakes. This is so silly. And, you know, if I take a more sort of um, moderate tone, which I might have to, I suppose I'm just going to have to go around as a bland person. But if I take a more moderate tone and you think about what they're – what they're suggesting here, then what we would have to say is, well, look, it's we don't want to upset you, so we, we're we just going to be quiet. It's like I'm saying, the, the only drift here is towards complete lack of interaction. And who was really pushing this? I, uh, You know, Eustace Mullins made a great point years ago, probably, he's not the only one to make it, you'll have made it as well, but it's a very good point, which is that much of this trouble is actually caused by the rabbis. Now, I'm using that word loosely it might be another force within their community but what occurs here under these circumstances basically they they augment and actually uh, institute the sort of rise in antagonism towards jewish people which causes the jewish people to bind more closely with the rabbinate as it were it, it's a trick it's an absolute trick you know and uh, they've been trading on victim status for thousands of years is it probably
1: yeah sure it should be on the stock exchange
0: yeah and this is this is the ladies manifestation now because they are in a different position to other people simply because of their control of publishing right. in all its forms for the last couple of hundred years uh, it, there's you know the welsh the welsh have not been controlling worldwide tv and uh, book publishing. Although there was a thing in the back of the BBC being run by a Welsh mafia years ago because everybody, they ran, it's true actually, and they used to call it the Taffia after Taffy's <laughs> So maybe I picked a bad example there. But, but, you know, overall, they've had a predominantly overwhelming ownership, have they not, of media, books, publishing and radio, and therefore they've been able to structure, let's use that word kindly, they've been able to structure the news and the narrative to suit what, what was important to them. Now, Absolutely. the Internet turns Absolutely. up, and it's like a massive spyglass, and it goes, "Oh, you were lying about this, you're lying about that. I mean, um, yeah. uh, so it puts – there is a pickle. There is a pickle. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yes. Uh, we'll get into it later, but a perfect example of fake news is 9-11, okay? Which, and this kind of sparked – 9-11 sparked a – how should I put it? A, a reaction from various people of all – Shades uh, of color, race, you name it, uh, uh, income brackets, uh, people who just took a logical look and said, hey, the the, ma- the mainstream media story is a lie. It makes absolutely no sense. And uh, and it took the mainstream media, I think it was uh, ba- Baba Walters, who finally admitted that Building 7 came down. Yep. The mainstream media had failed to report that for a good eight or nine years. Well, yeah. it was all over the internet so who's who's producing fake news
0: I think that that's, that's why we say they've made a massive mistake they've actually lit a fuse under their own backside with this yeah. when they so attack when they came out with that list of those 200 websites you know they hey. they've actually highlighted the very theme that the alternative information community has been um, building up for the last 20 years, ever since the net really kicked off in the mid to late 90s. That's, it takes about okay, 20 years, you know. So, so that's what they've done. They've set fire to themselves. It's
1: well, really interesting what you just said because here the Jews with their ADL and their SPLC and all their our, other organizations highlight their enemies.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Highlight their enemies. Saying, these people are evil, and then we can't turn around and say, "Now wait a minute, you're lying about us." <laughs> okay, this is exactly well, somebody. I don't know who said it, but it goes along these lines: the power of the Jew is to prevent criticism of the Jews. I've actually, got,
0: yeah, well, I've got it here actually. Um, Gilad Gilad right? Atzmon, who uh, oh. we were we were touching oh. upon the other day. He's the he's the, a Jewish right. chap lived he's <laughs> a jazz player, very articulate guy, deep thinker. Yeah, and he's uh, he's one of those, he's, uh, uh, you know, this is not, I'm not saying this by way that I'm an advocate or anything. There'll be many things that he says that I don't agree with. But Every
1: you, once in a while a Jew says something that's true.
0: You know, every once in a while everybody, every, yeah. Every once in a while, everybody says something. I think that's true, Eli, to some degree. It's, it's just a matter of it, was anybody around to recognize it. It's a bit like the, you know, when the tree falls yeah. off.
1: Accidents. Most people put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Go well, well, he Do he I wrote in response to the in response to what we're focusing on right now this this big chill, uh, this mm-hmm. this article by uh, Begbie. Um, he also wrote about the same incident, and uh, this was a post he put up on his site. On uh, December 13th, so it's a week back. Jewish power, it, this is the title of it. Jewish power is now British law. It's official. Well, we're, we're, ne- we're near it. And then there's a, a wonderful yeah. photograph of Theresa May sat there looking all conciliatory, holding a piece of paper saying, Je suis juif, which is I am a Jew in French, which is when there was all this stuff, you
1: know. But here's his something. Prime, uh, Theresa May is your new prime minister? Or what, well, what so is, we're told.
0: Yeah, nobody voted for her. She just So we're swan, told. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's fake news too, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. She got
0: parachuted in, you know.
1: Yeah. She just went plonk and arrived in the seat. I don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, yeah, she jumped out of the sea onto my boat. You
0: know, she's probably lovely. I, I I don't know. It's just all a bit of a... It's such uh, a farrago that you don't bother. But this is his opening sentence, okay, and this echoes what you were just touching upon. And I think this okay. is really, if it's not something that he's wholly responsible for, it's certainly something that's a phrase that he's synonymous with, Gilad Atzmon. He says this, for years I have argued that Jewish power is the power to silence criticism of Jewish mm-hmm. power. He says, and know. now <laughs> UK Prime Minister Theresa May has confirmed that my observation is spot on. And he's right. It's true. The thing, I won't go through the whole of this article here, although we might jump into it, but I'd just like to read what he says at the end. Um, it 's not a huge article, but it 's not worth us chewing through it today we 've got a lot to cover, I think, but he says this he 's talking about the Jewish Chronicle, which is the newspaper, a voice piece really for the Jewish community here in the u k of long standing says the Jewish Chronicle was kind enough to list the names of the Jewish leaders that congratulated the move towards this this definition, you know, for example, Chief right. uh, Rabbi Ephraim Mervis saluted the Prime Minister. Uh, for a commitment to tackling the scourge of anti-Semitism. And Jonathan Arkush, who's uh, the member of, of deputies, board of uh, Jewish deputies, president, also welcomed the government decision. I wonder, and this is Atzman commenting, is there not one Jewish leader who can see that such a move, one that makes Jews special in the eyes of the law, is a recipe for disaster? He knows. He's not stupid. <laughs> Does any Jewish leader really believe such a law will make British Jews loved or respected, and he says this, Uh he says this, Jewish history actually proves the opposite. It is always Jewish exceptionalism that evolves into Jewish disaster. Now, they need to listen to this guy, they really do, but obviously he's sort of cast out, but they really, because they're certainly not going to listen to the likes of you and me, Um, you know.
1: Yeah, okay, Paul, now we can do this broadcast under the auspices of the fact we're trying to help the Jews, (laughs) right? (laughs) are we i don't know what making a horrible mistake i think we're trying to uphold
0: what we think is the law aren't we and define it and i you know my view really is is that this is a reflection of talmudic law that this drive this behavior this pushiness for exceptionalism is a is an echo of one of the main themes within talmudic law and i've always said that if uh given that they want to uh live under talmudic law they should be allowed to do so the problem is is that they cannot do that when we are living under biblical law or common law simply because they're oil and water they (laughs) there is no way as history shows that they can work effectively without a lot of greasing of the wheels which usually comes in the form of corruption which is kind of what we're facing here or looking at so um you know i I keep coming back to that as a as a logical thought process you know sure as, try to take the emotion out of it. You know, I, we know that emotions are going to run high. I've seen a lot of comments from people who've seen this have gone a bit crazy about it. And I totally understand that. Uh, but that yeah. kind of energy feeds them on the other side. I don't think it's, it's, it's almost a matter of being completely dispassionate and saying, look, you want to be exceptional. You want this. You don't want your feelings hurt. We understand all that. I think that's absolutely fantastic. You shouldn't live with us. You can't live with us. We're too stupid. You know, we might inadvertently upset you. And then what happens? I, I get locked up because I. I inadvertently upset you. I don't want to upset you. Best go, go and live in Israel or or whatever. Of course, now me saying that is then everything. In other words, the problem we have with this as a context, they're set in the context. And the context is anything I might say, if it upsets, it's irrelevant if it's truthful. It's irrelevant if it's truthful. That's what they're saying. And they're, therefore, we're at an end. Not because I say so, not as some kind of declaration of war. It's just as an engineering situation. This is like a, uh, an internal combustion engine that cannot work because there's no fuel turning up on time, or whatever analogy you want to use. It's not going to work. It, yes. not, it's not what I feel about it, or what they feel about it, or think. It's just it can't. It's not going to work, and history shows it does not work. It produces a disaster, as Mr. Atzmon here clearly. Uh, states. You know, they should put him in charge.
1: Why is this guy not running <laughs> things? Right. It's interesting. Here, let me go through this list real quick. Uh, I won't read them all, mm-hmm. but part of the IHRA definition lists a number of specific examples of anti-Semitism. It wishes to outlaw. Okay, so this is in the works. It hasn't been become law yet. The, only the definition has been approved, but it has not made a law including making mendacious, dehumanizing, demonizing, and stereotypical allegations about Jews, such as the power of Jews as a collective. Mm -hmm. Well, Mm -hmm. uh, it's true, (laughs) right? Uh, Who who in the world has the power to even suggest that we should not be criticized? The Welsh? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe sorry i'm
0: not if you are welsh i'm not picking on you i just
1: picked that one out of a hat but uh yeah, yeah. it's yeah. pretty obvious that the jews are the only ethnic minority mm-hmm. that has this power okay uh, another example such as especially but not exclusively the myth about a world jewish conspiracy or of jews controlling the media economy government or other societal institutions Yep. oh no that, that can't be true It can't be true. Well, kind
0: of what they're saying is that it's irrelevant whether it's true. The mere (laughs) fact that you enter into the process of thinking about these things, right, uh, that's that's what – you can't do that because you may end up um, hurting the feelings of Jewish people. Okay. Now – I think that's true. I think it would hurt the the feeling. So what we have to say, therefore, is that the Jewish principle, maybe, I don't know, I'm thinking off the top of my head here, the Jewish principle is that we are committed to not having our feelings hurt, not committed to the truth. Okay, that's all right. Therefore, because we are committed to the truth, because our law, yeah, your thing can't have any force of law behind it, because law, as far as we're aware, is about a commitment to the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And so...
1: you know. And you know, uh, Paul, what's uh, what's going to happen if they try to force this into law? Then every critic of the Jews throughout history will be have been proven correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is the risk they're taking. Another one: denying the fact, scope, mechanisms, etc. Uh, for example, gas chambers mm-hmm. or intentionality of the genocide of the Jewish people at the hands of National Socialist Germany and its supporters and accomplices during World War II—the so-called Holocaust, so in other words, they plan to outlaw Holocaust denial in your country. That's what they plan to do, okay? Yeah, yeah but they've even, uh, I mean, or- even I would
0: say, Eli, as well, with that phrase as well, you see, everything, it seems to me, a great deal of this, and part of the friction that occurs, is to do with who hijacks the word first. If you think about right. that phrase, uh, holocaust, yeah, Who's hijacking, yeah. who's setting the terms of the debate? Now, they always do. They're setting it here with this. You even take that yes. phrase, Holocaust denial. If you actually really look at that phrase, what you are, you're being accused of denying a real event. That's why they chose yes. it, right? Yes,
2: but, you course, can, but,
0: but from, from another perspective, how could you deny an event that didn't take place?
1: Exactly. I'm not a Holocaust
0: (laughs) denier. I'm a Holocaust unconvinced -er or or whatever. I've often said when I've looked at this, and I've had people, serious people, you know, ask me about this, and I've simply said, you know, okay, it's a very touchy. You you want to talk about hurt feelings? I understand that that's going to happen there, right, because, you know, we're used to the history of how this is dealt with. Um, Whether I believe those feelings are genuine or not is irrelevant. Actually, as far as I'm concerned, I don't even focus on that. We would simply say, "There, um, could you provide the evidence? We're an evidential yeah. people, and, and until right. that arrives, I can't go along with it. So, the mere fact that I won't conform to that could hurt them. So, I'm going to get locked up. N- now you can see, we're back, we're back in uh, in the world of uh, the Roman Catholic Church. It's like an Inquisition, basically. You know,
1: right. but it's, it's, that's yeah, yeah. what it is, isn't it? So- Any news uh, item that actually investigates any Jewish or Israeli wrongdoing must therefore be censored. It's not to be spoken of. Looks that way, doesn't it? That's right. That's right. A couple more here. Accusing Jewish citizens of being more loyal to Israel or to the alleged priorities of Jews worldwide— than to the interests of their own nations. Well, I, I've heard plenty of Jews admit this publicly. <laughs> this is what motivates them. Jews first, Israel first, everybody else last. Mm-hmm. All right. And this one and this one I really like. Applying double standards by requiring of it a behavior not expected or demanded of any other democratic nation. Well that's exactly what they're doing here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean exactly where to, where, absolutely and we're talking about fake
0: news, but, I mean, really, we could just put the word fake. In, this is fake law, fake, isn't it?
1: Fake Jews. <laughs> fake now, Jews now, I can't
0: go along Jews. with that because I might upset sorry. someone, right? I don't Human. want to do that.
1: Well, I, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not trying to upset anybody. We're just pointing out the idiocy of this. It's, it's um, That's
1: right. It's idiotic. Mm-hmm. And, again, let us remind world Jewry. That if you try to persist in this, it will be to your own demise. Mark our words. Mark our words. Okay. Now, I mean, I,
0: it's interesting you say that because I, I, I think uh, this is not. It's this is not personal. This I, I really don't think no. this is not a personal thing. It's actually nothing to do with feelings. This is to do with a function of how groups of people interact. If if one group. Wants one set of ground rules for itself, which are persistently to the deficit and detriment of another group.
2: You've you've got,
0: yeah, or all other groups, you've got a permanent problem. Now, I would suggest, like going back to that, that that's what the rabbis want Uh because history shows that they have done that all the time, they have actually brought about pressure on their own flock if we want to use that word right on their own people which basically enshrines their power more deeply they get ensconced in power more fully don't they and i'm not saying that that's what has driven this i think this is a reactive measure you know going back to what you were saying a few minutes ago eli they
1: the situation
0: with the internet is is that it's 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 bringing this stuff to the boil because it would appear that the truth in many cases is anti-semitic
1: Right. And actually, uh, what you just said is very interesting because it's actually both. The lower-ranking Jews, which the upper, uh, the higher-ranking Jews refer to as the lesser brethren, Mm -hmm. for them it is a reactive measure. Yeah. But for the Zionist elite and for the Talmudic elite, this has been their strategy against the West for the last 2,000 years, is to establish, as Benjamin Franklin put it, a state within the state through which corrosive activity undermines the true state and and defines their lack of loyalty to the nation in which they live.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, that's pretty— Okay. Yeah. I mean, mean, that's a fair, honest characterization of Jewish uh, activity within other nations throughout history, okay? And this is precisely what organized Jewry wants the rest of the public that's not on board with us yet to not hear. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. That's what they I want mean, to censor? It's basically
0: okay. sh- shutting anything, anybody, any right. point up. Yeah. Shut it up! Just shut up. Right. You yeah, know, yeah. No, uh,
1: I, I'd like to because we've already spent half an hour on. This we have. We've, I,
0: we've we've got derailed into this straight away. I mean, it's quite important. I think we'll come back to it. But, but yeah, go on. Speak but to
1: uh, as I was doing my show for uh, on the Restoration Hour on Saturday uh, on the history of the U.S. Constitution. I came up with a fantastic article in the uh, Encyclopedia Britannica.com under the uh, heading of Sources of British History, and uh, it's a section called Confirmatio Cartarum, granted by Edward I, November fifth, twelve 1297. In 1297, Edward I needed money. Pope Boniface VIII had just issued clericos laicos, forbidding clergy from paying taxes to a secular ruler. And Edward's English vassals refused to provide assistance in his campaigns in Flanders. To acquire money, Edward laid an impost on English wool and also forced the nobility to grant an aid. The barons armed themselves against Edward, forcing him to confirm the various charters of his predecessors. So in other words, when you're dealing with an imperial force, when uh, Edward is trying to impose taxes because of a stupid war that he started. Uh, uh, Is that reminding us of current history? Mm. (laughs) Right? Oh, (laughs) yes. The the, the essence of uh, Confirmatio Cartarum is that the common law of Britain cannot be overturned. That's the essence. So this was ruled and it's been confirmed. And freedom of speech is one of the uh, guarantees of Magna Carta. Mm-hmm. Okay. yeah. So if this piece of legislation, if this suggestion, right now it's still in the form of a suggestion, if they dare to make it law, then one of your clever barristers <laughs> in Britain needs to bring this up, confirmatio cartarum, because it's kind of similar to our Dick Act, which we have a Second Amendment, and the Dick Act came along. I believe it was 1905, or maybe even earlier. Yeah, that say, it says that the Second Amendment cannot be overturned or amended. Period. Okay. Yeah. yeah this so, is the yeah.
0: Second Amendment. Is what the right to carry out bear arms? Is it? Is, is it? To do That's it with, right.
1: Yeah. That's all it's about. The right of the people to carry arms. That's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And so we're seeing mm-hmm. an onslaught, an assault against the Second Amendment by the same people who are trying to prevent criticism of themselves. Yeah, where does the power lie, you see? Where where
0: does this power lie if uh, if we follow it through in terms of the uh let's get back to the the fakeness of everything. How do they make right? something fake stick? Well, you know, we could take a Let's just take a guess here. You know, we're we're, we're like detectives here working things out. And I know we're not. I know you're very knowledgeable, but I'm just sort of running the story through. We have politicians in our country, as you do as well, and they they say some really stupid, and I would suggest, unlawful things. They suggest them. Uh, They suggest unlawful things based on the fact that if you do this, you might hurt someone's feelings. There's no prescription against hurting people's feelings. Um, uh, what are we supposed to do? Run everything? I mean, you know, the ultimate conclusion of this kind of enforced control is that we should kill ourselves now, so that we don't inadvertently upset upset someone tomorrow. Um, you are not allowed to live. Is basically what these things are saying. Um, you know, and we just don't have that. That's not the way that we choose to to live. We're under a different rule set. So when they say these are laws, that's the thing I. I tend to keep coming back into my mind, what is a law? Is is it really a law? It, just because a man is called a judge or gets together with other judges and says that something is a law, is it? In many cases, it is not a law. <laughs> because there's no, it's not bound in with the biblical truths, which is where the common law comes from. It's what it's bound in with. And if it's not bound in with that, then it can't be a law. So, Um, You know, criticism of other people, I I don't know if you get them over there. We get job adverts over here, sometimes in the newspapers, which say, uh, we run a non-discrimination program. Now, I'm thinking, why would I want to work for you then? I mean, seriously, you, you don't make any judgments about anything. I mean, what's going on? It's ludicrous.
1: It's people all the time. <laughs>
0: <Right>? <laughs> I mean, I, look, I'm a white guy. I'm persona non grata. I'm not going to get a job doing anything. No, but,
1: guys. You know, no, yeah. no, 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 no. no. It, I,
0: I, I'm just uh, evil. You know, you know what I'm like, Eli. It's terrible. So
1: you got white privilege. Ugh,
0: you know, I can't, I'm, I can't move for it. I Keep tripping over my white privilege in the hall. I break my neck on it. Yeah. It's everywhere.
1: Right. Yeah, oh, it's unbelievable. But, uh, um, yeah, yeah, Yeah. Absolutely. Since it's only people pay taxes, it's not a very good privilege. So, but but we're seeing this very proposal, in and of itself, is proof. Who else in the world, in the, in the free world, mm-hmm. would have the chutzpah to even suggest this type of exceptionalism? This very suggestion and the fact that the government is backing it up proves that they have too much power in government. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, not they, they not perceive. even the not even the Welsh can run them close on that
1: one. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nor even a drunken Irishman can no, fail to guys. perceive what's going on here. <laughs> okay. not,
0: I know, I know. It's just, uh, I mean, look, just shooting around into the news realm as well. We've got a story up here. I I think we can. Uh, I'm not trying to sort of derail this, but that that that's a very good for for people that want to read that because I think we've probably spent enough time on that one today. We've we we always fall into this. I mean, the problem, of course, is that many things come back to that. Not not the problem, but it's just inevitable, really, because that's still the major sticking point. But this uh, the. As a as an aspect of this, as a sort of a bit of recent physical evidence of the madness of the whole situation and how the mainstream media and we tend to know who owns most of that, how that's going, is this story? Well, not, I say story, it sounds like it's made up. This event, which has been reported, I'm assuming not in a fake way, um, that the New York Times uh, is giving up lots of office space. Um, there's a there's an article, well we've got a version of it on the Daily Mail. The UK paper, but obviously I'm sure it's running everywhere. The headline there was, all the space that's fit to sell, struggling, New York Times, to vacate at least eight floors of its $850 million, 52-storey Manhattan skyscraper and rent out space to make money. And, of course, they're putting a positive spin on this um, because I'm sure they will uh, have a good rental yield. But really what this tells you is that they are finished as a force. That's what I think this says, you know. I mean, uh, they're not finished today, but they're withering. They're not growing. They're, they're, they're dying. They're
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, I had a, a – put. I actually, yeah, I did put it up on your folk radio. Uh, it was uh, related to Pizzagate. Yep. Where Joseph Atwell recalled it in the late '90s, the I think he was talking about the L.A. Times, not the New York Times, that uh, the L.A. Times used to be uh, thick, thick as a brick, right, and it would weigh a ton, right? Yep. It had so much uh, stuff in it, including ads. Mm-hmm. Now it's only paper thin, yep. like your tablet, right? Yep. <laughs> it's paper thin. They can't sell newspapers anymore. In Chicago, the Chicago Sun Times is given away. It's supported by the ads. Mm-hmm. It's free. Okay? Yep. This is how serious, in my opinion, there's two reasons for this. Number one, the so-called news they present is no longer believable and people have figured it out. That's why they're not buying. Okay? Yep. And number two, the influence that they purport to have because of the lack of advertising revenue is gone.
0: They're like, yeah. uh, what's that? they remind me they're mutton done up as lamb, to use a completely wrong analogy, but they're kind of withered on the bone and gone, yet they're still running around as if they think they are the talk of the town. It's, right. uh, that's what I was saying. I think that Napoleon quote, you know, never interrupt an enemy when he's making a mistake. The, if we look right. at what's happened here on this side of the pond uh, in the summer and what's happened with you just recently with uh, your election, in both cases the press was overwhelmingly r- what we were, let's use the word wrong for now. Right. <laughs> they, were, mm-hmm. they weren't they were just overwhelmingly wrong. They were crowing mm-hmm. from the hilltops about how fantastically this is a done deal. It was a done deal that Clinton was going to walk in to the white house. And it was a done deal that we were going to remain in the European Union, And, yep. uh, None of those things were true. They were so spectacularly not true that what's, what's occurred is you've had an echo where people have gone, this entire so-called industry of news is completely, it can't be news. I mean, there, there were hardly any dissenting voices in the American election. I don't think there was one newspaper supported Trump. You know, and of course we could say, well, we are the victims of a really sophisticated, uh, you know, manipulation operation. Okay, that's a possibility. I, g- I grant you that. But by the same token, they're playing with fire, and I think they are getting burned, and will continue yes. to get burned because the the alternative information media. Their criticisms of it, which are true, aren't enough to sink it. In other words, you know, the mainstream press, when, when was it the New York Times came out with these 200 websites that you're not supposed to go to or that, that are peddling fake news, they just they didn't see the irony of what they were saying and how funny it was. Um, and secondly, what they failed to understand is that that's what people want because, uh, you know, this conversation here and, and the listeners as well, their education is a result of actively sifting through a, a great differentiation of reporting that's been made available through the internet. And it's that that has actually caused people to come to the truth. You you, you know, we all go through a process, I have done, with many things where I've started off with one particular frame of understanding, but, but there's still something left to look at and still something left to look at. And after you've looked for quite a while, you find out that you've moved to a very different point. It doesn't invalidate exactly where you started off but it's a very different perspective and that's the process Uh, and then you begin to settle in the truth and you see it and and the other thing as well is of course that the high paying jobs as being some prestige journalist they're seen now to be just well not very good truth tellers let's put it that way
1: and that's that's (laughs) another aspect of the alt-right or the what i call vigilante journalism or net journalism is that a lot of ex-reporters that used to be employed by the so-called mainstream media have turned against them Yes, and have admitted that all they teach is lies. And Pizzagate has been kind of the the spark that has uh, demonstrated the the disconnect between real investigation, which everybody can do online these days, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody can do it online. Versus the absolute refusal of Fox News, CNN, ABC, CBS, etc., mm-hmm. to even investigate the WikiLeaks documents, from, which were uh, – oh, by the way, that brings up something I totally forgot about, John Podesta. Talk about fake news. It's not true that Putin or any Russian hacked into Podesta's account. What actually happened was that John Podesta fell for a phishing scheme. He received an email that said, okay, your account has been hacked. Click on this link to reset your password. Yeah. Okay? Nobody has any idea who did this, but when he did that, he gave his password to whoever was doing the phishing. Okay? The CIA... Claims it was Putin or Russians and Donald Trump said, Okay, show us the evidence. What evidence do you have that it was a Russian or Putin? And the CIA has not delivered. Yeah. Okay. Well we that's kind of Atlantic. where we've
0: got to. Don't you think that you see this is the thing that's made it difficult in the in for them, in the past, they've just made pronouncements. This is going on. Believe me, I'm the voice of authority, and everybody would nod. Now yeah, what's occurred now is people go, oh, well, that's kind of interesting. But you got any evidence? Because I'm not, I'm not going to believe you one bit until I see
1: some evidence. And there's none. And the Second Amendment is causing all these attacks all over America, right? Yeah. That's what. That's what the spin is. It's all fake. It's totally fake. But here, getting back to what we were talking about, the the New York Times and in the Uh, In the mid-80s, the right wing was criticizing the New York Times. Their slogan is all the news that's fit to print. Yeah. And already people were saying all the news that's fit to spike. Okay. Because people have been aware that the New York Times is a fake news organization actually since – well, since it was bought by Jews (laughs) in the early 1900s. But they got these eight floors that are now vacant. Okay. Newspapers. American
0: newspapers, Eli. You reminded me of something. Who was the – your hometown, right? Chicago. Now, right. what's the predominant... Is it the Chicago Tribune or something? Or am I making that up? I don't know yes. what it's...
1: the news. Oh,
0: no, I'm sorry. The world's greatest newspaper. WGN. Who, now, that was... Wasn't that one of the last holdouts against yes. sort of... Was it a captain, yes. somebody your, or other? What's the name of the guy? He's got a great name. I can't remember his name now.
1: Uh, oh, you mean the owner? Yeah. Yeah, uh, the McCormick, Colonel McCormick. That's the it. son of uh, McCormick, who invented the Reaper. McCormick Reaper. Right. So this was non-Jewish money, and during the New Deal, the Chicago Tribune was referring to it as the Jew Deal. Okay. So the, the Chicago Tribune was the last holdout, yep. Last major newspaper to be bought up by Jews. Are you, all, are, all are you lot
0: trouble? You're all trouble in Chicago, aren't you?
2: Is it? Are you,
0: are you trouble? <laughs> You're trouble. I can tell. <laughs>
1: Yeah, right. Yeah. We we shouldn't speak the truth. <laughs> we should Oof. we should join in with the global media and put out fake news. I should, Coco. Okay? Yeah, you be, need to. Yeah, stop all that truth
0: telling. It's it's really really bothering <laughs>
1: people. Stop it. Right. right. Yeah. So, you know, once you know the history of journalism all over the world, you realize that independent journalism is always being gobbled up by corporate journalism. And corporate journalism has a corporate, military, uh, industrial, mass media agenda and therefore cannot be trusted. So I think people are finally figuring this out that, you know, how can you trust a corporate media organ that cannot criticize its advertisers such as Big Pharma?
0: That's always been the stranglehold that they've had always, mm. that they would subdue the media owner by doing an advertising boycott.
1: That's right. That's right. And most people, it never occurs to them that this is what's happening. But here, for those eight vacant floors, here's what I suggest. They should rent the first floor to Comet Ping Pong Pizza because they need to get out of the neighborhood. The, the, the heat is hot, right? Well, yeah. Because and of course,
0: they'd just be able to go up, up, up one floor or down yeah, one floor for able scandal. Able the scandal. Although you know, I I don't mean to sound like some sort of prude here, but it's it's such an appalling thing. Is that, that this is really seriously sick? I mean, we're used to it over here because we've we've you know been exposed to the Savile thing, um, which right. was going on for donkey's years. I mean, you know, this guy, and he wasn't alone in this. You know, he's just been because he's dead. They've used it and all that kind of stuff. The interesting thing—I'm going off at a tangent again—or an interesting fact about this. When the BBC, the Bolshevik Brainwashing Corporation, were doing their fudging issue, oh, there's nothing wrong, you know, there's no story here, move on, all that kind of stuff, right? The guy yeah, that was in charge of it,
1: doing it... Now, with Pizzagate,
0: yeah. same thing, all over again. Well, the, the connection, Eli, is this. Matthew Thompson, um, some bloke, was in charge of the BBC at the time, whilst all the fudging of the Savile issue was going on. He's now <clears throat> the chief editor at the New York Times. And saying <laughs> the same thing. Oh my An Englishman running a, a, a oh. New York newspaper lying through his backside. Hey. I should cocoa. I mean, what's going on? Do they just send him whenever there is in the world? Matthew, can you go over and lie about paedophilia over here? Sure, yeah, I'll do whatever you like. What's going hey. on? I don't know. He just seems to yeah. turn up. And he writes this drivel. This is not a story. And then you see the BBC. The BBC have had items about Pizzagate, which are just yeah. comical. They're embarrassing. I'm thinking. Person, oh, yeah. wow, this is it's well, not even a semblance of fix. skill.
1: Ugh. Wow, We're gonna have a couple more vacant floors really soon. <laughs> right? Mm. Because it's so transparently false what they're saying. They're refusing to do any investigation. and we got the same story over here. Uh, I think his name is Klein. The guy who uh, is uh, in the Justice Department who's supposed to be investigating child abductions and, and child uh, pedophilia, he's he's one of them. Okay? Mm-hmm. So the same as you. We got the same thing going on here. The Fox is <laughs> – yep, Fox News is in charge of the Chicken in-house. <laughs> this, this is where we're at. Okay? Uh-huh. Anyway, let me go through this list real quick. Yep. The second vacant floor would go to open borders, namely George Soros. OK. Yeah. The third floor to the Democratic National Committee, which is totally involved in Pizzagate. Yep. Uh, Hillary, yep. Hillary Clinton Retirement Fund. Yep. Fifth floor, would be ISIS. Sixth floor, Al Qaeda. Seventh floor, Bank of England. And eighth floor, CIA, CIA news scrubbing organization.
0: I, I want to go work there second. now. I want a job there now, except obviously I'm a white guy from England, so I won't get in. But I do the – I clean the floors. It would be great just to pick up the the gossip on the little notes in the waste bins at the end of the day. I I want to work there now, Eli. It sounds a wonderful place to work.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, they'll have these floors, these empty floors filled in in short order, and uh, it'll it'll all be uh, similar, uh, like-minded people. (laughs) Put it that way. Okay. Fake news, fake news, fake news. More of the same.
0: Yeah, what fun they will have. I mean, being a newspaper journalist in the old days of newspapers was really painted as a romantic and glamorous sort of pursuit. And to some degree, I think it was actually. Um, And you have to say that there must have been some semblance of proper journalism and it used to creep through. Uh, What's the guy, I've forgotten his name now, the guy that wrote about Zionism, the English, uh, (laughs) Douglas, was it? Summit Douglas? I can't remember. Name's escaping. That's Douglas it, Reed Douglas Reed. Reed. So so there's Douglas Reed, foremost journalist in the world, or certainly the international correspondent for The Times of the 1930s, goes off, right. starts to write things that aren't part of the script. I say, Douglas, this right. is not oh. on. You know, we, don't, we, oh, we can't that be doing this. That reminds
1: me. Paul, you just reminded me. There wasn't there because what The New York Times was doing and the BBC was covering up the atrocities going on behind the Iron Curtain, and pretending that this is a workers' paradise, an agrarian reform mm-hmm. paradise, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They were deliberately lying to the American people about the genocide that was going on behind the Iron Curtain. Totally mm-hmm. lying about it. And I'm aware that the BBC had put out, I believe this was right after World War II, or around about 1949, uh, telling the churches to please help us cover up what's going on behind the Iron Curtain. Are you aware of that document?
0: I am. I'd like to dig it up, actually. In fact, fact, it floats around on one of my tabs every couple of months, and I just don't have it here at the moment. But I'm I'm fully aware of that. Yeah, it was – we must – I mean, the gist of it was don't report the excesses in all their terrible, horrible detail. Um, And so, you know, you're talking about a frontline report there from the – from the management team that look after useful idiots, because useful idiots are a staple part of fake news, aren't they? Um, these fluffed-up politicians, particularly, who actually think that they know things. and <laughs> think that we're... Now, for a long time, they were able to get away with it, because nobody had any other access to information to begin the process of questioning what they said. But that's changed huge. And I right. think... They just don't get it. It, It's just amazing. It is a case where they just think, "Oh, you all still believe that we're authorities?" No, no. I mean, you know, I don't know what it's like across America, but really, the cynicism of the British is almost infinite, with regards anyone that switched on. It's just infinite. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, there's, 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 there's areas of naivety and stupidity still across the board. But in terms of trusting governments or thinking that these people are actually worth anything, it's a terrible state of affairs. But now what's occurring for them is that um, precise, factual, historical information can be acquired very quickly, like within minutes, for you to get a clear understanding. That becomes very addictive. I think well it ha- it does to me and my sort of personality type but I think it's growing across the board that that's what the problem is it's like right. every single individual is get- is is on this path to becoming switched on and going I I don't think I'm going to buy your words you know I think you're just making this up you're going to have to prove this and they've never had to mm-hmm. do that before so they're in a right they're trying to just shut everybody up
1: well if this is a tennis match the mainstream media has tried to serve an ace but we have hit it back with a flourish down the line, <laughs> right? Yeah. And they're in big trouble. Uh, next item here, Fox News. I want to talk about this Berlin attack, which killed has killed 12 Germans, yeah, 12 Germans and injured 48, a, a repeat of the Nice truck attack where uh, a Muslim drove down the street simply mowing people down. Okay. Well, this is a copycat killing. All right? But I want to just sh- show people how Fox News, Fox News World has handled this story. Here's the headline. At least 12 dead, 48 injured after truck plows into Berlin Christmas market in apparent apparent terror attack. Okay, they're not willing to go with, <laughs> you know, obvious, right? <laughs> A truck rammed into a crowded Christmas market in Berlin Monday night, killing at least 12 people and injured 48 others in what witnesses describe as a deliberate attack. German authorities said they are still investigating whether the crash was an accident, but a statement from the White House National Security Council said the incident appears to have been a terror. Talk about guarded language. The large Scania truck with a Polish license plate crashed into a market outside Kaiser Wilhelm Memorial Church. Let me just scroll down because what it talks about is the truck was owned by a Pole. The Polish owner of the truck said he feared that the vehicle driven by his cousin may have been hijacked. Ariel Zarowski said he last spoke with the driver around noon, and the driver told him he was in Berlin and scheduled to unload Tuesday morning. Quote, they must have done something to my driver, unquote, he told TVN24. Zaroski added that the truck had been loaded with steel structures weighing 25 tons. Die Welt newspaper reported that the arrested suspect is a Pakistani, known to police for minor criminal offenses, but not terrorism. The newspaper also reported that the dead passenger was a Polish national. Sounds like a hijacking to me. Yes. Okay. Not a not a mention about uh, the uh, the possible relationship to the vast influx of so called refugees, and uh, this being a copycat attack uh, about what happened in Nice. Not a word. Okay. Well, there was an instruction, I think, uh, if
0: that's the right word. Certainly, there was a directive or there has been one reported, supposedly, that ISIS said, hey, forget about all this throwing bombs around. If you just get in a truck and drive that, it's much more destructive than a bomb. Of right. course, it, it requires a certain sort of uh, mental sickness yeah. to do that. Uh, you know, it requires a certain mental sickness to want to bomb innocent people, but at least you're not there when it goes off. With a truck, you're continuing in the act of killing yes. people. And surrounded by the mayhem as you create it, deliberately, so, deliberately, yeah, mowing people down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and th- this is so we're talking about levels of behavior that are subhuman, really. And uh, uh, Angela Merkel,
1: well done,
0: love. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Right, it's your fault, Angela. Yeah. Well, now that's how Fox News treated the story. Right now, here, folks, is alt-right or. Uh, as I like to call it, vigilante journalism, Mm -hmm. from Truthfeed. Truthfeed is an internet, you know, independent website having nothing to do with any mainstream media. Breaking, Berlin Christmas market terrorist identified as, quote, a refugee. And here's how they handle the story. Thanks, Angela Merkel and other globalists who refuse to use common sense to protect citizens from Islamic terrorists. Open borders are not loving, they're stupid and dangerous. The terrorist who mowed down people at Christmas market in Berlin, Germany, is identified as a quote-unquote refugee. Okay? Now, we know that the uh, mainspring of the UN, the European Union, the International Jew and every other internationalist organization is to destroy Europe via massive immigration. Okay, otherwise known as multiculturalism. Remember Barbara Lerner Specter? How she predicted that we Jews would become uh resented because we're pushing multiculturalism. Well, this is what's going this is what's happening, folks. And yes, there will be resentment. Your your comment, Paul.
0: Well, it's always a chilling moment when you say Barbara Lerner Specter isn't it really um, yes. you know and that was an that taps back into where we started the show off really with this control of thought everything can be twisted by whoever sets the context and it's always worth watching her communication on that because she's context setting that's what she's doing she's saying it's all about the assumptive close well it's assumed that everybody has to sort of intermingle and and you silly Europeans with your sort of ancient idea of of being separate and white and everything that's got got to go it's got to go you know you can't expect to economically thrive in in that way and and jews are going to help you we're going to help you be destroyed and of course we will be resented for that but but really you know you're just too stupid to work it out so um the fact is that it's a veiled way of communicating an implied threat there's a there's a hidden embedded threat in what she says. Uh, you know, it don't so, take a genius to work that out. That's the whole reason why why yeah. her, that communication has been running for years. And I, I understand that she never knew that the camera was running at the time. That's and then if she, anybody no, Yeah. Films, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if anybody criticizes her, blah, blah, blah. But uh, right. just <laughs> deny it, even though it's on film.
1: Yeah. <laughs> just deny it. Right. See, this is the double standard again well we're
0: we're also at the point really as well i think amongst you know um let's let's say the bovine white people that and we've all been in that condition where we didn't know otherwise you wouldn't be able to relate to people coming out of the darkness to some degree and beginning to see the light about what's really going on harsh though it may be and very unpleasant though it is at first it really is you know you, you wouldn't say oh, I've I, I really enjoyed discovering the fact that the world is actually run by complete maniacs and, and they're trying to get It's not a particularly pleasant thing. I just, I was even thinking about it the other day. I thought, oh, I was much happier when I was a teenager. and I didn't know so much what
1: stuff. Newspaper publishers. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, they, they really had my mind bolted up and it was quite happy and they were keeping me, you know, it's like uh, kept me in the dark and feeding me manure, as they say. But uh, that's all over. There's no excuse now. Uh, I know that's an old phrase, but there is no excuse for white people to be ignorant of these things. That There is none. So when, when you, you know, if you talk to people and they come out with this, trot out this conspiracy theory stuff, really, that's just about at an end. Is that, that, that They're going to be getting laughter back. That's where it goes to. Once the laughter begins, they know that they're finished. And they've been able right. to keep this on a very serious footing um we're all supposed to we've got to take the drama seriously i mean the fake news is fake fear mongering it, it fear mongers through fake stories that's its entire control mechanism really um and of course it's got bro- it's got broken it, it, it's oh you broke our toy you broke our brainwashing toy stop doing well, those other things
1: <laughs> the boy who cried wolf yep They've they've been crying wolf for 2,000 years, and people are finally getting sick of it, (laughs) right? Just absolutely sick of it because it's becoming transparent, okay? Yeah. They quote from the Washington Times, German authorities began early Tuesday to sketch a politically explosive portrait of the man arrested in the Berlin Christmas market attack, according to a report in a German newspaper, Die Welt. Translated with computer assistance by the Washington Times, the suspect is a newly arrived Pakistani refugee. What what religion do you think that person might be? Uh, they're not mentioning his religion.
0: Okay. Um, I don't his know. Religion. Um, Eskimo religion possibly. Uh, maybe <laughs> I don't. It's hard to tell. It's very difficult that one. We'll have to come back to that. Yeah, carry on.
1: <laughs> Moism. Yeah. Their Tagesspiegel, a rival Berlin daily paper, had a similar account reporting that the man was either Pakistani or Afghan. No, no mention of uh, any particular faith. In uh, an indication that authorities know a great deal about the man, Die Welt specified the date on which the man arrived in Germany, February sixteenth this year. So they've been able to track this guy. Okay, yeah. so so much for uh, all of this. Uh, what do you call it? Um, you know, we uh, pulling pulling us aside. Uh, security details at airports and bus terminals. Uh, So this does no good at all, does it, folks? Okay? They just let these people in. They're inviting these people in. Okay? In an indication that authorities know a great deal about this guy, they know he arrived on February 16th. At that time, German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and that's going to be a dirty word really soon, folks, Merkel Merkel, was defending her government's open-door policy to refugees from the Muslim... Oh, there's that dirty word, that that forbidden word. Muslim world in the face of an increasing backlash from German voters. Guess what? It's happening, folks, since she has backtracked and even come out in favor of limiting Muslim dress codes in order to encourage assimilation, Uh, but not the assault upon the German people. The uh, author says, finally, when will German rule of law strike back? When will this accursed hypocrisy end? These are Merkel's deaths, says Marcus Pretzel, a member of the European Parliament from the right wing alternative for Germany, who took to Twitter to blame Ms. Merkel. Uh, hooray, Mr. Pretzel. Yep. You're the only one who's talking straight. <laughs> I, I had to throw that in there. <laughs> I know, I get it the for that. So, so, folks, who's lying to whom? I mean, notice
0: okay. the gradualism in this, though, Eli. I mean, that's what always occurs to me. Look at what Merkel's just said. So, first of all, she opens the doors up. Then they come in. Right. Now she's making what are presented to us as conciliatory remarks. Oh, we're gonna look at a dress code and this, that and the other. No 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 no. Now my view is no 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 I'm not interested in that. Right. Well you know people go, oh that's great. She's finally doing something about it. No she isn't. She's doing nothing at all. This is just window dressing. The no one in Germany had a problem with Muslims when Muslims weren't there, did they? This is not it's not about Angela Merkel's poxy feelings. I mean, you know, it's just not. Of course, it's to be made that way because the lamestream media are going to, you know, we've got to have our heartstrings plucked and it's all terribly tragic and all that kind of stuff, you know. And it is. Life is tragic for some people. We're not denying that. We're not heartless. But the fact is you don't help a people out by pushing them into the houses of other people or into their nation and having... You can't do it doesn 't work now, of course, therefore, what was the plan? The plan was not to help anybody out it 's just to create a mess, and that 's what she's doing. So the only solution you could hold her to is you have got to organize the return of all of these people right and, and one of the memes that we need to get going across Western Christian Europe, what 's left of it, and, and Western Christian North America, et cetera, is the word repatriation programs. They have to begin to enter polite and even impolite conversation, I believe, because um, it's it's sound, it's dignified, and it's right. And George Soros is going to foot the bill.
1: Yes.
0: And whoever he rats out, because these are the guys behind it. And they can just relay the entire network of these people. And what the Muslims should be told is, look, we don't care for your religion or anything, but that's irrelevant. The fact is you don't get to practice it in Europe. You go back to Muslim land and you can Muslim away like O. Go mad on it. We don't care. We never had a problem with you as long as you were contained. And if you want to chop each other's heads off, do it. I don't care.
1: Right? If Islamic life isn't acceptable in uh, Arabia... Yeah. Or wherever, then why are you bringing it over here? That's
2: right,
1: <laughs> right? What's the problem? But you
0: see, was well, it, it them? They've oh, been right. propelled. It's been augmented. They didn't just suddenly go, "Oh, let's go to Europe and get in." The whole path has been set up. All obstacles have been removed from their way, intentionally. And then we have the theater, the pretend drama of can they get in and can't they get out? It's all garbage. All of it's completely irrelevant. And that's because, you know, half the reporters we now have on TV are women. I'm sorry if this upsets people, but the fact is that the emotional qualities of women are suited for certain tasks. And and this isn't one of them. It really isn't. I mean, it's just not right. It, it just is not. I, I could flip it around. You know, maybe I was saying this to the other day. If you had, um, you've you got a guy who's just come back from the war zone, you don't put him in charge of a children's nursery. It's really unsensible thing to do. You do not do that. Oh now Why not? That, well yeah, it's equal rights. Let's get them in there. Let's you shut know.
1: those Crying babies up real quick.
0: Bang bang bang. I do what that's how we dealt with them over there. That's how we deal with them here. Okay? You got a problem with that? It was okay when I was working for your country killing your enemies. You say I can't kill your children. It's just insane this stuff, isn't it? So. Um that's part of the problem too much over emoting too much over emoting and i understand how it happens it's a very good trick um i would suggest that women are uh, and this is i don't want to get too sort of carte blanche about it but the thing is that women seem to be i'm I'm going to use the word seem very focused on the here and now and the immediate care and attention of hurt and pain totally understand that it's really relevant it's a highly required thing it's really required. Sure. But it's, yeah. it's absolutely lethal when you start measuring the behaviour or policies for a
1: country on that okay. basis. Now are you telling me, are you telling me, Paul, that Angela Merkel and Hillary Clinton are not fit for public office. <laughs> well,
0: you, I think you're putting words into my mouth there. Oh, <laughs> I never said that. Would I say such a thing? I mean, I don't even know whether they're really women. I mean, are they really women? I don't even know what they are. They're both, you know, the the women that get into those
1: positions are a bit unhinged anyway. But um, Well, my wife and I had this discussion about 20 years ago, if not longer. Yep where we were driving down the streets and, uh, you know, we're talking about the different, the gender roles between men and women. Mm-hmm. And she made the comment, well, you know, uh, men really have made a mess of politics to which I did not agree. I mean, disagree. I did not disagree. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Men have made a mess of politics. Uh, we need to have more female politicians you know, and, then, and then things will be right. And I said, no, I can't agree. I can't agree. And so why not? Well, uh, I can answer you in two words. And, and she said, which are, Hillary Clinton. Uh And she really had no answer for that. (laughs) Right? Okay. Yeah. I mean, it would have been a disaster. Look look what she's done as Secretary of State.
0: It's just Uh, – it's it's horrific what she's done. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't male equivalents. Oh, there are. Sure. Oh, yeah. they absolutely right. are. You know, so I, this is not a one-sided show to find out who's the worst. It's not about that. I just think that that what I'm really saying is that the natural, the the caring instincts of females that exist, the empathy circuits, which are far more developed in in, in them than in us, are suited right. in certain arenas. Assessing crises and disasters is not one of them, because then you do end up with the situation of of the road to hell being paved with good intentions. And I'm not arguing for the unnecessary suffering of anybody, but what what this is doing is compounding the suffering. There are now, because of Angela Merkel, what is it you said, 12 German people dead, who would really, in all honesty, would not be dead. This is Christmas we're talking about. right? Right. They wouldn't be dead. They're now totally and utterly 100% dead. (laughs) And there's more coming. And you're telling me that this has solved it? There was a great quote, by the way, from, uh, I can't remember his name, but he was a a community leader amongst a refugee group. He was like the community leader of a town somewhere out in Syria or wherever he'd come from, right? And they were talking to him. You you see this, you know, the, the main way, by the way, that we've not really touched on, I suppose, although we're going to come back to this regularly, that the mainstream media lies by omission of truth. That's just as fake as including their made-up garbage. This guy was talking, he said, uh, well, the German people are spending a great deal of money on us. He said, I'm a, a community leader, there's about 180, 200 of us or something. He said, and I'm the spokesman for my little village here. And, we're, and most of us have got here, some unfortunately didn't make it, through all the way through. He said, and we're receiving a great deal of money. He said, however, if they gave me 20% of the money that they're spending on us right now, a fifth, I could take everybody back home and we could rebuild our village, which is what we want to do. Now, right. we won't hear that. We won't hear yes. that because that goes against the agenda of chewing up Europe and white countries as well, which is, as you know, this is all that this is about. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and so uh, what, uh, what women's instincts, that, which is the nurturing instinct, and uh, which men don't have, very rarely have, Okay, has been perverted by feminism, by Hillary Clinton, by Angela Merkel, et cetera, et cetera, totally perverted by such – I have to watch my language. (laughs) Steady. (laughs) Such women, okay, such women who – and the left and the whole uh, insanity of left-wing progressive political correctness, which emanates from the university college campuses all over the world, which is nothing but Jewish anti-white – Anti-progressive and it's really, in fact, anti-liberal. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's an assault on the on the West, on the white race, orchestrated by these intellectuals who m- most of them are, in fact, men. But uh, there's a lot of feminists who are doing the same thing, and they're destroying the West. That's their that's their one and only purpose.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been. I think it's it's certainly. The- a major, a major issue. It's very difficult to know quite how to address it. And I, you know, you, liberals to me strike me as being juvenile. It's a juvenile, immature. How do you spell juvenile? <laughs> steady. Yeah, steady. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I think we, we're crossing the line there. No, no, I'm only yeah. really teasing. But I think that's barroom talk now, Eli. But I think. Uh, yeah. um, yeah that that is is that's how it appears to me because there's a lack of thought and and yet again it's based on short term emotional I must solve this problem now immediately and and these people are hurting and they're starving, and you've got to do something i mean you know it sounds awfully callous, but this approach patently does not work. it keeps the world in drama now someone's got a vested interest in maintaining this ongoing emotional drama of people in plight. And uh, it must be the same over there. I've been watching, you know, appeals for aid to Africa on television since the mid-60s, since I was a little boy, they've been coming on. So that's 50 years of this stuff. It's not made any difference difference at all. Uh, Bob Geldof's great, you know, him and his great virtue signaling a, a Band-Aid or whatever it was. I I, loved it. I didn't watch it. I must have been one of the few people in the I just went, I'm not watching that garbage. It's just ridiculous. I couldn't have told you why. I couldn't have articulated it. But I always had a creeping feeling about these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, you just go, This something bogus about this. There's, this is not a problem to be solved like this. What is this about? This is not how you solve this problem, and and you argue it through and backwards, and you find that every time, nearly every time, some do gooder turns up to want to sort things out. They get all the plaudits, but round the back of the houses, it's all. It, it ends up being five times worse than before they turned up. Uh, the situation yeah. with Africa is that the much of the interference has led to a massive boom of populations, which still can't feed themselves. Well, where's this going right. to end? When does this well, end? Yeah. You know.
1: But it's very important you brought up the word now, there are real refugees involved here there are but many yes. are fake many of them are fake refugees yeah. and that's what the mainstream media is failing to report that a lot of these people are sponsored by George Soros a lot of these um, what do you call it shipping shipping guys you know the guys who run the boats are making money they're getting paid per refugee quote unquote okay yeah. So they have an incentive to stack that boat full of co- so-called refugees. And if it happens to sink, they got their money already. <laughs> right? They already got their money. And then you got the little boy floating on the shore in Greece, I guess it was. And, oh, you see that bi- that picture of the little boy that drowned and washed up on the shore. But who's responsible for that? Who paid hmm. for that? Okay? So now we've got this dual syndrome here. We've got actual refugees Who are coming? Who want to just get away from all the warfare? But who's dropping the bombs on Syria? Who's really? It's ISIS, Assad, and ISIS are enemies. Okay, so our media is blaming Assad instead of ISIS, and ISIS is working with Turkey to ship these so-called refugees. Now, the the real refugees and the ones who aren't really bad off at all, like the one you just quoted, I'd rather go back. Give me the money, I'll go back, and rebuild my village. Okay. Isn't that the way, really? I mean, you
0: see, that's how you approach the problem from an engineering solutions point of view, right? So we know that it's not been approached from that, that this is an intentional disruption. All of these chain of events are are an intentional disruption. Hillary Clinton, of course, is involved up to her brains with them, which I suppose is as high as her ankles or something. I mean, it's just, you know, you look at what they did to Libya. It's just an absolute travesty what they did to Libya. It's disgusting what they did to Libya. Absolutely evil beyond words. And that's all brushed. Yeah. And so, you know, we were saying earlier that they they fake the news by omission. Do they talk about that much? No. And her gloating, her grandstanding about this, about what did she say? We came, we saw, he died. Wow. She, she should yeah. have that on a gravestone. I'm impressed. Uh, is she a Caesar?
1: <laughs> a Kaiser? She's a very, very what little
0: one. A very, very little, tiny Caesar. <laughs> I mean, good yeah. grief.
1: Yeah julius caesar would have run away from her <laughs> right it's incredible i mean th- their obnoxiousness and their rudeness and authoritarianism just comes out in their language
0: yeah if- are we are we to quote lord acton now that you know power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely it's um, yeah, right he said a lot more intelligent things just than that but that's that's what he's known for and i think you look at the sorts of people that have been involved in this entire, you know, maybe we've picked the wrong title for the show. It should be just called The Fakers or something, because it's like every area. They have put this trigger word out there. Every area, you look at, is faked up. I mean, it's just well, – um
1: <laughs> we're all back into their court. They're the ones who are calling what we do fake news. Yeah. And so now we're just hitting it back, you know, see if you can take it. See if you can take real exposés on what you don't cover, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Reportage by omission. Now, wait a minute. That's not journalism. And and, and what really is interesting, because you have all of these uh, yellow journalist uh, newspapers, these rags, and most of them are, in fact, yellow journalism. There are very few of them that are actually real journalism, where sensationalism is their byword. Oh, yes. Okay. Now, why aren't they covering the most sensational news of all, namely the utter annihilation of the white race in Europe by Muslim refugees? so-called. Oh, I think you're making a... that up,
0: well, Eli. That's fake. No, that can't be no, true. I
1: be making it up, right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right? So, uh, now, uh, I want to get back to uh, the, the anti-Semitism bill that's attempted to be passed here in America because, and it's going on in Belgium too. So, uh, it's obvious that this is global, folks. Someone is orchestrating this on an international level, and it's not just happening in one country. This is from Breitbart, And I just noticed on the Breitbart logo, they got the word Breitbart uh, going upwards from the bottom to the top on the left. Then there's a big B, and then they have a Star of David (laughs) uh, to the upper right of the B. I've never noticed that before. What are they trying to tell us here? Well, this says Breitbart, Jerusalem. So I guess this is a Tel Aviv or Jerusalem branch. Well, Breitbart
0: himself— You see, interesting Breitbart, isn't it? I'm not a sort of – so the guy, Mr. Breitbart, died. Andrew, right. Yeah, yeah, he was 42. He died. Right.
2: Right Uh, He died, what, three years ago,
0: four years ago? And he just happened to have been saying some incredibly pointed things aimed at Podesta, had he not.
1: That's right. That's right. He says, "I uh, uh, what? What are you hiding, Podesta? <laughs> what are you hiding?" Well, he made allusions Paris?
0: to this to this pedestophilia situation, as you've called it, which I think is a great way of calling it. And uh, yeah. then he disappears. He had been. I mean, you know, all these news outlets are, are completely embedded with all the usual sort of ABC agency, Smart Alex, you know, and they they are smart. They're very clever guys. Um, you know, it's just.
1: It's fascinating that Breitbart has a following in in, in Israel, <laughs> right? right?
0: There's, big so, support. There's actually well, big support for Trump. You've got to watch. I mean, you know, obviously everybody's I, – I personally, as I said when we did the election show, was uh, – it's not so much that Trump is sort of like way fantastic, but the idea of Clinton was so bad um, yeah. that, you know um, – Clinton was basically, was it the lesser of two evils or the evil of two lessers? I don't really know. I don't, but uh, he, if you look no. at who he's surrounded with, <laughs> is he going to have a fake presidency? I don't know. Maybe all that's right. fake, you know.
1: Right. Yeah. And she wouldn't have lasted very long because she's got Parkinson's really bad. She, she can't control her spasms and she throws temper tantrums constantly. She would have made an awful, pre- really aw- awful president. Okay. So uh, even though she was a woman <laughs> right? and what she she was uh, trying to exploit the female vote. Oh, hey, there's never been a woman president vote for her just because she's a woman. Right. That's the angle she was pushing, pushing on the left. OK. Mm-hmm. And to the younger voters who don't know any better. OK. But here the headline here from Jerusalem Breitbart. House fails to pass controversial anti-Semitism bill. And we're t- t- talking about America here. Mm-hmm. From Tel Aviv, Deborah Danin is the author's name. An anti-Semitism bill unanimously approved by the Senate earlier this month aimed at combating harassment of Jewish students on college campuses failed to pass the House of Representatives. Representative Bob Goodlat, Republican Virginia, chairman of the House Committee of the Judiciary, was reportedly wary of rushing the bill through without adequate study. A congressional staffer told Jewish Insider, didn't I tell you earlier the Jews always try to ram these things through? Like, In fact, that's what they, how they got the Federal Reserve Act passed on Christmas Eve when all of the Christian legislators had left and gone home, uh, leaving a few Jewish legislators or pro-Jewish legislators to vote for the bill.
0: Funny how All that right. works, isn't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. it's exactly the same scenario with the Bank of England in 1694.
1: Oh, they no, took- I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that. That fits the definition of anti-Semitism in your country. Oh, maybe? no.
0: I'm in trouble. No, <laughs> I,
1: I, <laughs> no I'm i in trouble. I said it. No, you. Well, but I All think, right.
0: um, well, no, it is an observation. Uh, Bank of England, they took the vote in August, um, which – uh, just happened to be really problematic at the time, because in 1694, the vast majority of MPs were also farmers, and they were out bringing the harvest. So they weren't even there. So, you know, is there a pattern here? Is that how they got into the Sanhedrin 2,000 years ago? Or whenever it, it, they wait until everybody's having a holiday or something? There's a big festival going on. Oh, sorry, you weren't looking, yeah. and we've, we've just taken all these jobs up. Sorry, it's all over now. Uh, you're just thinking, yeah, 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 But I think... Um, Yes, it's, um, well, the money stuff, We, you know, I mean, you know, we, touched, we don't have to touch on everything today because we're just going to, no. we, we need a 16-hour program. I mean, it's just, there's no end to this kind of stuff. Not only is it fake news, it's fake law, fake banking, fake money and fake history. Um, and probably, you know, fake science probably as well. Uh, you know, it's, the word's going to become redundant if we think that every single thing's basically, you know, out to lunch. Um, unfortunately, a lot of it is. A lot of it is out to lunch, really, so, yeah.
1: Well, as, uh, as one of your previous prime ministers said, Benjamin Disraeli, uh, people will realize that everything that comes uh, from uh, th- this type of administration is dissimulation. Yes. From now on, in the future, everything will be dissimulation. What do you mean by that? He said it would be fake. Everything mm-hmm. that comes out of you know, the, the British Parliament, the British the House of Parliament, and, of course, from uh, the crown – because it's being controlled by the House of Rothschild, will be fake from now on. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so fake news is not an it's an old story. It's not a new story. Okay, but we want to cover this in current in current headlines and old news too, folks. You're not going to get this history from any other source. So I could see the headline from Fox News. Eurofolk Radio. Stages truck attack in Berlin and blames it on Fox News. <laughs> right? It's
0: got to be true.
1: That's how, yeah, right, right. So uh, blame anybody but the real perpetrators. That's the type of news we get from mainstream media today. Blame anybody but the real. F- find a Patsy and blame it on Patsy. Okay? They're not going to blame radical Islam, they're going to, as Obama said, that doesn't exist. There's no such thing as radical Islam. There is no such thing as Sharia law. There is no such thing as jihad. That's what, that's what Angela Merkel is saying too. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, let's continue this legislation called the anti-Semitism awareness act of 2016, which should really be called The Anti-Freedom of Speech Act of 2016 or the Anti-First Amendment Act of 2016, freedom of religion, freedom of speech for our international listeners, aims at helping the, quote, the Department of Education investigate incidents of discrimination motivated by anti-Semitism in American schools. Senators Tim Scott and Bob Casey, sponsors of the Senate version, explain. Now, wait a minute. Uh, incidents of motivated now. How do they know they're motivated by anti-Semitism? And what is anti-Semitism? You've got a definition of it uh, pending, pending. And you know, if anybody points out, uh, sees a, a, a let's say a Jew walks down the street, he's got a Star of David and a yarmulke on his uh, on his head. He pulls out a gun and shoots uh, Governor George Wallace, let's say, or uh, Huey Long, let's say. Okay, and if anybody reports the fact that it was a Jew who pulled the trigger, is that anti-Semitism? Could be. <laughs> By their definition, it would have to be. You reported a fact, however, are well, therefore facts to be outlawed? Well,
0: isn't that where this line of um, discourse ends up? I mean, That's you know, right. I don't want I don't want to end up there. When I saw this stuff coming down the line and read Mr. Begby's article, the first thing it reminded me of was the legislation that they introduced in Soviet Russia, uh, just after, you know, that you can't criticize Jews. It's exactly the same stuff. Um, right. And of course, why would you not do that? Well, because if you started to do that in the 1920s, it would have become obvious that the Bolshevik Revolution was was Jewish in nature, mm-hmm. organization, money, planning, the lot. Um, which, of course, Solzhenitsyn got to talk about towards the tail end of his life in 200 years together, a book which, interestingly, has still not been fully translated into English and made available to the Western world. Uh, well, the only book of his which hasn't, surprisingly, or not, as the case may be. Do you know what I mean? So, And this yeah. is not some lightweight writer. This is a guy that won the Nobel Prize for Literature. So I think, uh, you know... Yeah, we're, yeah. T- we're talking about that basic principle of, and of course it rankles us. It's it's in a, the idea that someone had shut you up drives us nuts. They know that, by the way. They know yeah, that this
1: next sentence uh, shows the eerie similarity between the language of this proposed bill and your British definition. The bill's draft says it seeks quote to help identify contemporary manifestations of anti-Semitism and includes useful examples of discriminatory anti-Israel conduct that crosses the line into anti-Semitism. Okay, now we have to ask the question, can we criticize the state of Israel? It's hard to do. I mean, if you criticize the state of Israel, you are automatically accused of anti-Semitism. So that line... There's no line there. I don't see any line. <laughs> if you criticize the Israeli state, they immediately accuse you of anti-Semitism. So they're not seeing reality here. Okay, there is no line. You can't criticize Jews whether they live in Israel or America or Britain or Belgium or anything, or Germany for that matter. You certainly can't deny the Holocaust in Germany and most other countries. As far as I'm aware, only America has a First Amendment whereby our, I can deny the Holocaust, and I've done it many times. And nobody can prosecute me for that because my right as an American, our freedom of speech right, is protected by the First Amendment. I challenge any Jew to you know to tell me that I can't criticize the Holocaust. They will exert pressure on people who are trying to bring the truth out. But they'll never discuss it openly, whether or not there's any forensic evidence for that event, that so-called event. So here we must ask the question, can one ethnic group demand or or pass laws that prevent them from being criticized? That is the question. That is the question that must be asked. And the people of America, the people of Britain, the people of Belgium, the people of Germany— must understand that that is asking too much. No other ethnic group in history has ever asked that uh, for themselves of other people. Never. No other people. Yep. Correct? Am I exaggerating? No. (laughs) No,
0: should we start asking for it?
1: Yes. Maybe we we should have an (laughs) anti-Aryan defamation or Aryan defamation league. You shall not say bad things about white people.
0: You see, this Voltaire quote is going to have to be removed. This one, to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Um, If we're not allowed, I mean, basically, that's what these are about. You're not allowed to criticize. So um, they're obviously the people that rule over us. Ooh, that's, uh, Mm -hmm. you've just made, uh, you've just criticized us by telling, saying that we rule over you and and, uh, sustaining this trope or whatever they want to call it or this meme, (laughs) you know, so. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't see why white people should be criticized. My feelings are hurt all the time, Eli. Nobody sends me a check. It's not fair. right. It's just not fair. It's not right. Our
1: feelings are hurt all the time. They always accuse us. Despite the fact that all these European nations and America have been allowing non-white, non-Christian, Islamists, Hindus, uh, Bolsheviks, uh, you name it, into our countries for many decades now, openly accepting them without violence. Any violence is actually done by them, not by us. And yet we're all the only ones being accused of racism.
0: Well, it's to do with where the force comes in. At what point does the force come in? It comes through the the, the whole monetary line. I mean, if we look at what we've been talking about, say, with the um, the previous methods of controlling information, i.e. running an advertising boycott, the basis of that is the denial of access to finance. And uh, that's the spigot from which nearly every single control lever is connected. There's no two ways about it, including the perversion of the law, because the laws um, have been, you know, this sort of, never-ending stream of acts and statutes and other names that they call these things. They, they, they even entitled them. And I'm not saying it's an entirely Jewish thing, but of course they've been heavily involved with that kind of stuff in terms of augmenting the power of so-called democratic free governments, which we never really want in the first place and are pretty rubbish, frankly. But um, do they come out with laws? They don't. That The monetary system was able to buy the sorts of laws it wanted, calling them banking acts, banking statutes, and this, that, and the other. Um, and uh, then no one's educated about this at school. Right. So we're, we're never educated. I mean, the law as well. If you talk to any young person, we're going to do lessons on the law. they just, no one would even turn up to the class, would they? It's the most tedious appearing, dull thing in the whole universe. And right. yet it's got more bearing on the way that you can behave in life than just about anything else, particularly the laws that pertain to money. Um, right.
1: Well, i glad you mentioned the whole uh, the educational aspect is very important because what's they have been dumbing down school children to such a great extent that they're literally ignorant coming out of school. They can barely read, barely write, barely think. So what are they producing? Uh, are they going to – how are they going to turn these people into allies of the international cabal when these kids can't even understand what's going on? And uh, are so bored they don't know what to do next. Okay, so what they're doing they're not creating a um, a bunch of supporters, they're just creating a bunch of illiterate zombies who are utterly worthless to their cause and anybody else's cause. Yeah. So it, all these things are beginning to work, and every time they any assa- anytime the Mossad assassinates somebody. And in a previous hour, Andrew uh, Carrington Hitchcock was interviewing a guy uh, who was talking about a book written by a black lady entitled 1996 mm-hmm. who had a hit squad sent to her because she wrote a book which kind of you know, criticizes the Jews, All <laughs> right. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, wait a minute. Uh, they have this hit squad called the Mossad. Okay? Uh, none of us have you – know, any white organization that employs hit squads to kill Jews, It's unheard of, okay? Nothing like that. in Yet all you ever hear is about the Klan and neo-Nazis, right? Fear porn, fear-mongering, fear journalism. That's what we're seeing. And then uh, just to finish this thought here, there are a couple of uh, uh, Jews here who actually see that this could be uh, self-destructive. It says, goes on, however, the bill has been slammed by civil libertarians as encroaching on free speech. Michael McLeod Ball... Chief of staff of the American Civil Liberties Union's legislative office in Washington said the act, quote, opens the door to considering anti Israel political statements and activities as possible grounds for civil rights investigations, unquote. Well, I mean, if there's going to be an investigation and there's going to be a trial, uh, you know, both sides are going to have to testify, okay? Do you really want that? Do you really want that, Zionist? Kenneth Stern formerly the American Jewish committee specialist on anti-Semitism and extremism told the forward that the congressional versions is both unconstitutional and unwise. Question for you, Paul, are most Jews this circumspect about what they're doing?
0: I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Um, I think, um, I can, only look at the, I can only look at the historical pattern, really, over and over again, um, uh, thinking that I'm looking at the correct one. <laughs> but, but you know, because maybe, maybe I've I've been double faked out of everything. I think you have right. to.
1: I I always take this. I think I've said it before they're when we talk. Doing it, right, using yeah. us of reporting fake news when they're they're the experts at it. Well, there's absolutely.
0: I think so. What you know we are supposedly committed to the truth i feel that i am i don't say that i don't make an error errors I, I do i'm always revising things i think that's part of the ongoing process but you know what did what did sherlock holmes do he used he didn't rely on one thing the whole framework of trying to come to grips with what had occurred and by whom and when and by what means is a process which is served by Uh, particular sort of mental disciplines and an internal code like the internal law inside certain sorts of people. Now, I would suggest that most white people have that and no doubt most Jewish people have it, but it's different type. I'm being tactful here, right? (laughs) It's It's a different orientation system. Michael Hoffman I think, I don't agree with Michael Hoffman or anybody, I suppose, much about everything, but he said some fantastic stuff on this score. And he talks about Talmudic law being based on, or one of its prime uh, building blocks is the acceptance of situational ethics as a guideline to behaviour. That is, if it serves you to tell a lie on Monday, but to talk about the same thing truthfully on Wednesday, do it. Now, Mm -hmm. to us, our code's not based on that. And uh, therefore, whenever we get wrapped up in so-called communication with people who've got the Talmudic code, it's not possible for us to achieve a win as we would see it because they're not playing by those ground rules. I mean, it's like Mm -hmm. mixing the Apple operating system with the Windows operating system uh, they kind of look the same from a distance, but if you actually really get it down to the fine nitty gritty, they they choke each other off. It's a right old mess. It just doesn't work. Everybody gets cross uh, uh, about what's going on. So, I just I, I think it's it's a matter of horses for courses. I'm being very tactful. You can probably tell. I could use much more sort of vitriolic language if I wanted to, but I
2: sure right.
0: I could. You know, uh, okay. I'm just being circumspect. I'm supposed to Andy, I don't, you know. Uh, but, by the same token, are we to be bullied by this? I just think that no form of uh, bringing these information to work has ever seemed to work. For the simple reason that if it, if it works for them to plead on the level of feelings, then so be it. The power comes because there are certain people from our own institutions who are mm-hmm. fooled by this. I mean, now "fooled" is not necessarily the correct word, but but it kind of works. They're fooled by this. So our Prime Minister, this woman, Theresa May, is going along with something, is lending her energy and support to something in her role as the Prime Minister uh, about an arrangement of words to define a situation and to say that this definition carries the force of law with it. Now, Mm -hmm. the question is, is she allowed to do that? Then, Then you have a compliant media who all start nodding their heads as well, pretty soon you've got everybody nodding and no one's even examined the words. Um, exactly. That's part of it, I think. You know, it, Exactly.
1: Yeah. Right. No, nobody's investigating, <laughs>
0: right? <laughs> yeah, and I also think it's understandable why we would intermittently, possibly all the time, get emotional about these things as well. I totally understand that, but it doesn't serve us very well. Um, because as soon as we're pushed into emotionalism, we can then be accused of... Uh, and we're in that that court that thing about feelings and and all this other stuff. Right. The only way is to dispassionately deal with it. And of course, those people are the greatest threat to them.
1: Uh, well, always this is getting harder and harder to do because yes, I'm of Germanic heritage. I may have actually had a relative that was run over by this truck driver. Yep. Okay. Am I supposed to say, oh, well, it it doesn't matter if Germans get annihilated by Islamic terrorists? Mm-hmm. Uh, but when Jews get criticized, yep. that's a crime. Mm-hmm. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. What's wrong with this picture? Okay. I'm not supposed to object and tell the truth about my people getting murdered, which is far worse than saying bad things about some ethnic group somewhere. Yet this continues to go on day after day. And mass media is not addressing it. The, the so-called heads of state of Europe are not addressing it. What's wrong with this picture, folks? You've got to come down to reality and see what's going on. Incidentally, I just wanted—I was wondering how Obama re, uh, reacted to this uh, truck attack in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Here's the headline from the Free Beacon. Obama hits golf course after briefed on Berlin truck attack by Natalie Johnson, December 19th. Uh, President Obama headed to a golf course moments after receiving ports that a, reports that a truck had plowed through a Christmas market on Berlin in a potential terrorist attack, according to White House pool reports. Obama, who was vacationing in Hawaii for the holidays, was also briefed by his national security team on the assassination of Russia's ambassador. We haven't even got to that yet. No. The assassination of Russia's ambassador to Turkey just before departing for the mid-Pacific. Do you think he could take a few moments to get debriefed? And make some sort of conciliatory statement about these two tragedies. I think he's just
0: got a new sandwich, and he was obviously very keen to get out of the course and, and yeah. test it out. I mean, um, it's a pity he just didn't spend the last eight years on the golf course because you would have been better use there, wouldn't he? Pity. Mean,
1: You're right, it's a pity. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. he would have been signing executive orders, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Well, folks, this is the world we live in. This is the world we live in. And it's really up to us when we see that we are being assaulted on all sides by the media, by illegal aliens, by the international, oh, let's, let's call them the Illuminati, to use Alex Jones' terminology, the, uh, the elite, right? By All these people, these elitists, all these elitists on the left and some of them on the right, but not the real right. We have true conservatives and we have phony conservatives. And the real conservatives are in the Tea Party. And and Breitbart tried to uh, apprise people of that. So when all of these assaults are taking a a place against our people who had committed no crime, yet we still get accused of being racists for committing no crime, where are we at? Well, where where are are we at with –
0: I was thinking, where are we at with somebody like uh, Dr. Noel Ignatieff? Right. Now, he's this... I don't know whether he's still ensconced in a university in America or not, but he's a Jewish professor, is he? Or a doctor? I don't know quite what. Noel Ignatio. And he has said... um, He's not alone in saying things like this. He said that we must work so that the chance of whiteness... So that there is no more whiteness in the world. That's what he said. Now... um, that's quite a heavy thing to say. It seems to me. I, I'm not aware of him being locked up for that, or nope. um, or anything along those lines. And yet, this is basically um, that's like, hate speech. Well, I would that's suggest hate. it seems pretty. He seems pretty hateful. I don't have a. I really don't have a problem with him hating us either. I mean, if he wants to hate away, get stuck in. That's absolutely fine.
2: Yeah.
0: So, you know, I. I'm sort of taking, I do think possibly, this is just my own either strength or weakness, only time will tell, that by approaching it, sort of looking at their words modestly, which is what I'm trying to do, and really pair down. what is it that you want? So let's just, this is what I've got. You want to be treated specially and not be criticised. Okay, yeah. If we criticise you, we go to prison. Yeah. Um, You are allowed to criticise us even calling for our death and genocide and that's okay yeah okay all right well let's let's all put that in laws that you obviously think that that's going to work now what's needed is to then clearly communicate that and to get everybody to vote on on accepting it but it's never couched in those terms it's always couched in the form of some kind of ongoing disputatious argument whereas i'm saying that the bare bones of we want to see it revealed for exactly what it is of course they cannot allow that kind of communication to occur because then it makes it's like just shining a light in the dark hole and you're seeing what's going on and it's rather strange i have no idea i mean look i'm i'm being kind of disingenuous when i say this i have no idea why dr noel Ignesiev would want to say such a thing but he seems to be quite a hateful chap and many of the things that he's attributed to white people uh we would suggest i think i could say that that he needs to really do a bit more research because he'll find out that many of the things that he's attributing that are bad to white people actually lie at his own doorstep um right. you know like yeah, the well. like slavery really i mean yeah we we we've had white guys involved in slavery but i think compared to any of the other races we're prob- we've probably participated the least and we're the ones that actually stopped it um right. you know so i mean there, there's it, there's no end to that kind of stuff, and of course we here we are at the tail end of centuries of fake fake reporting. Yeah. You know. here's the tail end of the show too, <laughs> are we? So, oh yeah, we're getting yeah. close. Yeah, we got, got five <laughs> or six minutes to go, I think, something like that. Yeah,
1: here comes McCormick's Reaper. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but please go ahead, continue your thought.
0: Yeah, no, I was that. That's we are at this tail end of um, of hundreds of years. Well, I'd like to think it's the end. Hundreds of years of of uh, fake reporting. I mean. You know, Mike Walsh who's a regular guest on with Andy, a great guy. I think he calls them court reporters, and I think that's a good way. You know, they make the court sound good. It's got to come out just right, and we we know, you know, from Orwell and and these other writers that all uh, the victors write the history. So we know that young people receive this establishment view of of history, which is what recent news, as far as I'm concerned, it's either taking place now. Or it took place sometime in the past. And in many cases, it doesn't really matter how long ago it was because the the lessons of the past, if, the, if, the, if it's the principle at play, are, are really valid. They're extremely valuable and useful things to know about because then you get a sense about how this pattern repeats over and over and over again. As I said, I think that the solution to this, if they really want to be at peace and not be offended, is to live separately from us. What's,
1: right, the, what's right. the problem?
0: I'd help them with that. <laughs> I mean, I can't really because, you know, we're all text. And I, I, it's a silly thing for me to say, but but why why can't we have that? Well, we know why not. But let's just follow the yeah. line of communication through and it, it would become revealed. That's why that line of communication gets blocked and gets turned into a drama. You've hurt my feelings. And everybody runs off in a huff. The idea is to keep people in the room. For, don't let them out. You, don't, you know, you're not right. going home. Ever until we sort this out, you're you're going to stay here for as long as it takes. What, twenty years? Yeah, <laughs> unless you get you shift and shift and shift as long as it takes. You're not moving. I'm not letting you out of the room, and I'm not going either. We're going to get to the bottom of it. You know,
1: I've just gone to Vider, which has uh, this article about Doctor Noel Ignatieff, who is, of course, he's Jewish, uh, and uh, typically uh, Wiki, uh, not Wikipedia. Uh, doesn't point out the, that he is Jewish. You know, they will, uh, you know, reserve that. Sort of, again, reporting by omission or non-reporting by omission. Yeah. Now comes Harvard-educated Noël Ignatieff, an academic at Harvard, uh, Harvard's W.E.B. Du Bois Institute for African-American Research. Of course, the blacks can't do their own research; they have to have a Jew doing it for them. The, Doctor Ignatieff is the founder of the journal Race Traitor which has it as its motto, treason to whiteness is loyalty to humanity. The journal's purpose is to abolish the white race. That's a quote, to abolish the white race. At the least, Dr. Ignatieff intends cultural and psychological genocide for whites. It is unclear whether physical extermination is a part of the program, but according to the Genocide Convention, psychological harm to an ethnic group also qualifies as genocide, which he is clearly guilty of here. A statement by the editors on the website says that the new abolitionists, quote, do not limit themselves to socially acceptable means of protest, but reject in advance no means of attaining their goal, which you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Okay. They reject no means of attaining their goal. All right. The end justifies the means, is what they're saying. Okay. So here's the, the, the double standard yet again it is unacceptable to criticize Jews in any way, shape, or form, which none of us have called for the genocide of Jews. Yet, when a Jewish professor at Harvard calls for the extermination of the white race, nobody complains. Nobody accuses him of being anti-Saxon or anti-Aryan or anti-human, for that matter. Nobody complains about that. Where's the outrage? Paul, where is the outrage?
0: I don't know. I don't know where the outrage is. Um, it's the fact that they can say these things and be allowed, and, it, and it sits there. And the outrage does not come because those that should logically be outraged are getting paid somewhere. And they're fearful of not getting paid. That's all this is about. It's really... <laughs> um, yeah, you'll do what we say, otherwise you won't be able to pay your mortgage off. And at that point, uh, individual integrity is basically compromised to such a degree. that And then you have a build-up of this stuff over hundreds of years, and away we go. Eli, I'm just looking at the clock now. We've got, about, um, we've got about 90 seconds left here for this first show, so it might be worth to just sort of wrap up. I've got a little tune to play out for the last 25 seconds or so. We've got a minute here, but I think as a first stab, this has been pretty jolly good yes. fun and, and i'm hoping we can carry this on this would be great um and i think maybe for future shows we'll try and involve a few more additional voices to bring people in maybe for 15 or 20 minutes if that can be organized and uh and, and move things around a bit so it's a bit of a sort of carousel type show but it's great if you want to say any 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 last words let's just let's just wrap up here this would be great
1: yeah inaugural edition of fake news now i think we have shown and demonstrated that fake news is not a new thing that fake news comes from a particular source, and that because that particular source controls mass media today, you cannot expect any real news coming from them. And in, uh, in large part, they cover and gloss over their own crimes and exaggerate ours and always accuse us of what they are most guilty of. Uh, that's what I, what I would have to say about that. Over to you.
0: Yeah. I agree. Here's the music. We'll wrap up. It's been fantastic, Eli. uh, We'll arrange another and we'll let everybody know. And uh, we'll whistle you out to this little stirring tune and we'll be back next Tuesday, won't we? And in the interim, have a cracking Christmas, everyone. Have a good one.